Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Soraya's tag team partner has finally been unveiled. It is. Is the sound coming through? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Soraya. That's good because you gave it more of a build. Because we've had, what, six weeks of build for this. The mystery tag partner of Soraya against Britt Baker and Tony Storm. And Jamie Hayter. And Jamie Hayter. Sorry, I've given away the reveal. (laughs) There's plenty of free agents out there. Tony Storm. (laughs) Who could it be? It's Tony Storm. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite new look. Well, not new look for us, but a new look for Dynamite. Review, please. If you haven't already, press the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of the show and send in those wonderful Omega chats because we'll read out every single one over five US dollars to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Indeed, yeah. So we're going to be reviewing AEW Dynamite today, but we thought we would talk about the news at hand, uh, if you will, because we've been building to this for quite a while as you were setting up at the start. Last year, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter challenged Soraya to a tag match. This was, was it November? I think it was in November, yeah. Late November. And then Paige, sorry, Soraya was like, I will find myself a tag partner. So it's just been mystery partner. Mm-hmm. And the rumor mill has been spinning. It's going to be Sasha Banks slash Mercedes Monet, as she is now known. Uh, there was even, hey, it could be Mandy Rose after she was released from WWE. But more likely, it was going to be Mercedes Monet. And they announced on last night's show, it's Tony Storm. However, I've got, I'll, I'll get the news up. <sighs> Bear with me one second while I just get the... Um... Uh, okay, so prior to the uh, event, prior to um, Mercedes appearing at New Japan because she debuted at New Japan Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. Stephen Mulhausen, Mulhausen said, Sources, Mercedes Bonanno will be Soraya's partner next week on AEW Dynamite in LA against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Could announce or make a major hint due to her still being under contract to WWE until the beginning of 2023. Well, that's great. It's obviously a misdirect then. Soraya announced Tony Storm as her partner. Soraya's been a bit heelish, in my opinion. We'll get into that shortly, I think. Maybe Tony Storm's actually going to get beaten up by whoever the real partner is. Yes. Which is Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet. However. Oh. What do you mean? Well, you said however. Oh, however. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio said, quote, 
Mercedes is not in Los Angeles. She is not coming to AEW. I don't think she wants to make that commitment because if she goes to AEW, it's a long commitment. Mm. He also added, I've heard denials from AEW people in the match. They knew it was really screwed. That's why they had to announce somebody this week because they knew it was really screwed because everyone was thinking it was Mercedes and it wasn't her. Well, I said this last week where they announced the tag match and everyone was like, oh my God, a mystery partner. Who could it be? And a lot of people, the first name that came to people's minds was Sasha Banks, now Mercedes Monet. I said, hold your horses there, folks. It's probably going to be Mercedes Martinez. (laughs) (laughs) And then a couple of weeks later, any mention of this tag, this massive tag match potentially disappeared from AEW programming. And disappeared for about a month. And then they announced it. They started talking more about it last Friday on Rampage. And I think the Friday before. And now they've come out and said, it's Tony Storm. Stop speculating about the potential mystery tag partner. And, you know, I've seen people in the chat here. I even thought myself, ah, this is the Tony Storm is a misdirect so that next week she's attacked by Hikaru Shida, who felt jilted by not mm-hmm, being chosen. Mm-hmm. Now it spins off into a Storm Shida program. I thought it was a great little segment, actually, in terms of it yeah. sets up a storyline there for Storm and Shida. And, like, and that'll be a, a wonderful feud, in fact. So that can spin off into that storyline. And then you get Mercedes Monet being the actual reveal of the tag partner. Yeah, it's, it's a curious way of going about it because AEW have taken many different approaches to debuting big free agents. You have the Hall undoubted, undoubtedly Hall of Fame talent, Christian Cage. And that's great, but everyone was like, uh. Then they thought, okay, well, let's leak the Danielson CM Punk news so everyone buys tickets. It's an open secret, and we all get to be surprised when it actually happens. Surprised, in air quotes. And then they do straight-up surprises. Oh, here's Suzuki. Here is... Adam Cole, stuff like that, and that were or, or Malachi Black. Remember when he first debuted? And we're like, what? The the con- the ninety day non compete though. So the the fact that they seem to be going between multiple different tacts actually doesn't say anything to me. It says, oh, they're trying to throw us off the scent, but at the same time, it says to me, oh, they're actually panicking. I, that I've got the exact same thought as well, actually, because the announcement this week that it's Tony Storm did make I was like, I had that thought of well, it could still be Mercedes Monet and you do that storyline. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, this also feels like a, oh, people, particularly now because she's just debuted at Wrestle mm. Kingdom, we need to just nip this in the bud now. Because if we get to next week and I just reveal it's Tony Storm, that's probably going to get booed. Yeah. I, in fact, there's a part of me that still thinks <clears throat> if it is just Tony Storm next week, it may get booed. And I think unfairly so, because AEW never advertised that it was going to be Mercedes Monet. In fact, they very clearly advertised it's Tony Storm. Yeah, but by that, I, I, it depends how prominently the match is focused on. If it's the main event. Probably in the second quarter. <laughs> sorry, sorry, in the second half. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But you've got a lot of big matches next week. Chief amongst them are this tag match and the trio's final. And Moxley Page. And Moxley Page. If the tag match goes on last and it there is no big free agent reveal, I, I don't blame the crowd for booing. Because you it's like whenever you do a, a blackout spot now 
on TV, you do have to deliver an actual surprise. You can't just be Satnam Singh. It's Satnam Singh. It's Cole Carter or whoever was that his name? But that was a that was a purposeful mistake. I don't think it worked. Uh, but they've done. Yeah, Satnam Singh is the the better example there. So I do think that you have to take some responsibility when you start to tease something. And, and if, so what is the purpose of making this a six-week storyline? Because it uh, sets up the story between Storm and Sheeda. Because Soraya had a choice to make. She had a partner that she needed to pick. And she chose Storm, jilts Sheeda. That starts that feud there. Like that, that seems fun. I'm not saying it's a flawless storyline, but that is arguably- On paper. On paper- that is possibly the reason why they went down this direction. An alternative viewpoint is that they went down this direction thinking it was going to be Mercedes. It is not going to happen now. Mm. So they've backed it out to course correct and just say, no, it's Tony Storm. And we've announced that ahead of time. So next week, you can't be mad at us because we have announced ahead of time that it's Tony Storm. It's, it's, it's strange. And I don't know where I land on it because... It could, it really could go either way. I know it's made me very intrigued to see next week's episode for for good nor bad. But it's not, all... but not like can't wait intrigued. I'm just like, what version of what, a car yeah. wreck will this be? Because the other interesting point of this is that the Baker hater promo earlier in the night, mm. Baker very clearly said, "I'm the boss." Yeah, wink and gave a big wink to Jamie Hater, uh, which Brian Alvarez brings up on Wrestling Observer Radio, being like, "If you aren't doing." Mercedes Monet, why would you have that line in Baker's promo? Because it's just going to make people ask the question. For the same reason that a lot of people in the company like to troll their audience. Like, why would the elite do all the CM Punk bite spots? To troll Chicago, to troll CM Punk and that idea that something's been worked out between them. I, I, yeah, again, I, it could go either way. That could have just been a flippant insider reference a very good one from Britt Baker, uh, which doesn't amount to anything, or it could be an actual foreshadowing tease. It could be a foreshadowing tease of the Forbidden Door 2 match. And like that, because if Mercedes is under a New Japan date, mm. which, which she is, maybe one of those dates that she has is to do Forbidden Door. So rather than be revealed <clears> next <throat> week, you can then just hype up the children. She's going to have one match in an AEW ring, and it's going to be against Britt Baker at Forbidden Door 2. That's a dream match right there. So regardless of this, what do you if you had to put your your money down, mm. does Mercedes appear next week? And I'm talking money, not Mercedes. Yeah. M not Martinez. I really still think that it is going to be Mercedes Monet, and I think Meltz has been worked. Mm. This isn't the first time it's happened with him in with AEW either. And that's what I think is happening here. Uh, I'm just going to read this last thing that yes. Meltzer said, which I thought was very interesting as well. Uh, quote, I also know from WWE that they are very strongly under the impression she will not wrestle for AEW. <laughs> they think she's coming back at some point and she'll just get this out of her system. She'll do her New Japan matches. She's only contracted for a couple of them and then go back. What does that make you think of? Um... I don't know. What does it make me think of? When Dean Ambrose left on <laughs> He'll just get it out of his system and he'll come back and we'll do a Shield reunion because we gave him the lovely send-off. It's literally word for word what happened. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, he just he's going to go off for a break. Not a month later. <laughs> John Moxie shows up in AEW. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to just partly because I am genuinely 50-50 on this. 
I will go. She won't return and she'll end up with WWE, which is what I have been set. That's what my gut's been telling me. I've, my gut isn't informed. Well, no, your gut was <clears throat> this was the start of a working relationship between WWE and New Japan. People are taking my words <laughs> out of context. What I'm saying is WWE is trying to get their foot in the door. I don't think New Japan and WWE are talking to each other because New Japan are a very honor-based company and they have an agreement with AEW. But this is the first bit. So when in a year's time, in two years' time, Triple H can go, remember all those nice things we did remember for you? Those things we did, yeah. yeah. We're, we're not the, saying there's actual backstage discussions. We're the nice guys. Have you considered rebranding yourselves <laughs> to NXT New Japan? NXT Japan. <laughs> Pro wrestling. Uh, just... One more thing on these two segments. They're backstage segments, one with Britt and Jamie, the other one with Soraya, Tony and Shida. I thought they were very good, very well done. Because you had Tony Siobhan interviewing Britt. That's like her puff piece. But then Renee is friends with Soraya, so you had that as well. I feel Soraya is coming off so unlikable. She, At the start, it was... Not intentional, I think. But this was a heel action to go, well, I'm sitting next to the best wrestler in the world right now, Tony Storm, and Sheeda's right there. And she's like, what the hell? Sheeda literally goes, huh? And she yeah. looks at Renee. And like, I thought Renee's selling of it was so good. Mm. Renee was like, ooh, <laughs> that's, a, that's an awkward thing to, to happen to be a part of. Yeah, so... What do you, Soraya's got to be a heel because she has not connected in the level she needed to to be a baby face. I also think as well, haters getting so over as a mm. baby face that you going into that match dynamic, like Soraya getting into the ring with hater, I think is not going to go Soraya's way. I think it's going to go very much Jamie Hater's way because this crowd are way more yeah. behind Jamie Hater than Soraya. I think part of that has been down to Soraya's promos that she's done in the company since coming in, which have not been great. And everyone has had this just big, you know, fan swell support for for mm. the haterade. And also Brit's promos, because Brit keeps on saying, and in this promo here, we're AEW originals. Why do you have to tease a mystery partner like it's some external thing? The best wrestlers are right here. We've been here from day one and you come in and it's your house, whatever. It's It's a weird position to put those heels in because... They are now faces in the eyes of the AEW faithful. Well, maybe next match or next week's match could be a double turn. It or could a, be a triple turn, um, depending on you know. Because I, I think we are spinning off into a Storm Sheeda feud. I think that that's quite clear from this promo segment here that that you know it could be a heel turn for Sheeda as well. And we're basically just going to do a lot of different moving pieces. So Tony Storm, I think, is the only one in this that remains a baby face, mm. and everyone else changes alignments. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let us know what you think. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in your chance. I'm curious to see what people think of this uh, segment overall. Uh, I mean, I was I wrote in my notes on the um, the the Soraya segment later that uh, Sheeta doesn't look too happy about this, and I don't think Twitter will be either. <laughs> Twitter was more a case of ah, oh, that's a red herring. Mm. That's a quite obvious misdirect. Uh, I saw one person being like, and this is why Tony Khan writes cinema, because he is sending us down one lane, but he's actually, it's its a classic red herring tale. And I He's done that loads of times he's before. He's done it plenty of times before. And so the there's, pinnacle reveal, there's fantastic. every chance that this is all done just to make the Mercedes reveal next week feel all the more like, aha, mm. as opposed to, you know, three days ago or even yesterday before Dynamite, we were all like, okay, yeah, well, she's probably going to be the partner next mm. week then. It has now led us into more of a, well, I don't know if she's going to be the partner, so I better tune in next week to find out which way this goes. I Personally, I don't think it's effective. I don't think it's well done. Uh, Matt yeah, Hennessy, version one says, I don't think the partner is Banks. Meltzer reported that Banks is not expected to debut for AEW. She doesn't want to commit long-term to a company. And an AEW debut would require her to make a long-term commitment to the company. Now, this is an interesting <clears throat> point, because this is something that I don't think Meltzer talks about on Wrestling Observer Radio, but Pete and I will be bringing up in tomorrow's uh, Blackpool Content Club, which is you're not signing for AEW like Suzuki didn't sign for AEW when he wrestled matches neither did Ishii neither did Will Ospreay or Aussie Open or the Motor City Machine Guns they just had matches in AEW while under contract for someone else she has a New Japan deal that doesn't mean she can do a one night appearance for like next week we're not getting a 
Mercedes Monet is all elite graphic. Maybe we will do. Maybe Meltzer's completely out to lunch and he completely gets this wrong and she is going to sign to AEW for three years. Or she could just do a one-night appearance as part of her New Japan deal that's part of the agreement with AEW. Don't know where this idea that AEW has to have long-term contracts comes from. Just say you want to coach in NXT because you've got a family <laughs> member down there. And, and you but, can get out in six months. But in itself, that's a long-term commitment because you do have to have a family member down in NXT. Charles Berg, fun show with entertaining matches from start to finish. I hope Soraya becomes a heel. She comes off very unlikable. This will be my last message about the calendar, I promise. I checked in and sadly, it was most likely stolen. <gasps> what? So this is Charles Berg sent us a gift. Have we been able to find it? Have you I have looked? not. No, I've been looking high and low for it. Uh, I'll try again next year, Lowell We says. had a look before Christmas. We had, I've had a look since I've come back and there's there's nothing in our pigeonholes. There was nothing left outside our doors. There's there's packages abound mm. all over the uh, the place, but there is nothing for us uh, waiting. Nick Corvello. Hey guys, my thoughts on the theorized Shida heel turn is that I don't feel it's the right time now. She appears so seldom now that she's more a special attraction and doesn't have the promo ability yet to keep or reignite heat through her Japan absences. And the division is still too heel-heavy anyway for another beloved babyface to turn full heel. I feel she should be a tweener like AJ Styles during the addiction Aces and Eights feud or Sting in 96. Why do you go to the Aces and Eights feud first? Well, that, that's the most classic <laughs> tweener example, isn't it? AKA a bit of lone wolf would fit her well. It doesn't. Ha- she doesn't have to be out-and-out mm. out heel. She doesn't have to be. like you know. And there's some ways that Kevin Owens had a character change and people were like, oh, he's turned heel. I was like, no, he's just being Kevin Owens again. It doesn't have to be Shida has gone heel or Britt Baker is now a baby face. She can still be Britt Baker, just, you know, a Britt Baker that now gets cheered. I feel like it is quite symptomatic of how poorly the women's division has been booked because it is like, oh, we'll just turn, it feels like, I'll oh, just turn her heel potentially. Um, I don't think she will get turned heel, though. I'm just Marcus. So if it's not Mercedes at this point, then maybe AEW shouldn't hint at things that are not nailed down, but it probably still is, right? Well, that's where I would... They haven't hinted at it. Never once have they hinted, outside of Baker saying, I'm the boss, but she's always said that she's in charge of the women's division. AEW have never hinted that it's Sasha Banks. I think you have to take some responsibility whenever you make a big tease like that though it's like it's like the the christian cage thing was a dud the satnam sing lights out thing was a dud i will give you those two examples mm. christian cage very much in particular because at no point did anyone think oh it's a, a hall of famer mm. i only think everyone thought it was a a hall of famer as opposed to just it's christian marcus continues max versus daniel some one hour iron man take my money also all champions being homegrown talent feels good man i mean well you could have had it better <laughs> you could have done double j and jabroni 714 for now do you really think money would wrestle on her debut i think there is a I think there's a good chance she appears in LA, but they would likely save her first match for a pay-per-view. Well, that is something that Brian Alvarez yeah, put yeah, out on Wrestling Observer Radio, saying, like, surely if you're New Japan, you will want her first match outside of WWE mm. to be the New Japan match that she has in um, uh, Thingy, San Jose. Yeah, and you could also... Monet doesn't have to be the partner, does she? The, the match could take place at the end of the show, and then are in the post-match, Monet comes down sets up the revolution match which will be after that new japan show in, in san jose and you do it that way uh last year from s morgan who says i actually think she'd have joined brit and hater as an aew original 
Thank you, bud. Right, the full play-by-play of the show. Remember, keep getting your Omega Chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them over five US dollars. This was a new look dynamite. It was. I was, expecting, I was expecting a new theme song as well. But yeah. It's the same theme song, but it's got now got different graphics around it. Mm. And the crowd are now mic'd better. Yes. Oh. Well, uh, is the crowd mic'd better? Or are the crowds just amazing right now? No, I don't know. Because we heard from people who went to AEW shows that we said, man, it didn't sound like the crowd were particularly electric for this. People saying, like, I was in the building. The crowd was so loud all mm. night long. But they weren't mic'd particularly well. But it does feel that since they've had this new lad come in from WWE, that every crowd they've been in front of sounds so much louder. And I noticed it particularly on this episode because you had, like, the... Break the feud, like that had that song, right? And that song ended, faded out. And all of a sudden the crowd went, (laughs) as they just lent on the fader to make the crowd sound uber loud. I, it could be a combination of that, of the fact that the shows are just generally a bit better. Better. um, Because those quieter crowds did coincide with a dip in the product's quality for about six months and now I, I feel like since the start of december maybe a bit before everything has been back to old standards but it's everyone the crowd was so hot so was i think it was colorado last week was it texas for winter is coming like three all-time great crowds like nxt takeover level crowds one night stand level crowds they made every single person feel like an attitude era star just wait they get to Long Island. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> because this opening match had Chris Jericho take on Ricky Starks. And in, in the finish, which I thought was expertly booked, Jericho put Starks in the walls of Jericho. And sometimes when we rewatch old pay-per-views from WWF early noughties, when we're doing Wrestle Talk Extra, go go to Patreon and you can listen to those. We hear those pops for the walls, and the crowd goes ballistic for a submission. And we're like, oh, it's a shame they're not like this anymore. This was that level of pop. And that, that 2000 period in particular, two of the most over things in WWF were the walls of Jericho and the Crippler Crossface. Mm. Like if the Crippler Crossface got locked in, the crowd would go ballistic. Walls of Jericho, very rarely would they be the end of a match, but everyone would go ballistic for those yeah. moves. I haven't heard people pop for the walls of Jericho like this in years upon years. And it really helped Ricky Starks because Ricky Starks ended up winning. That all of the finishes on this show were really, really well so good. laid out. Because Jericho, uh, I think he codebreaker, Judas effect. Starks blocks the Judas effect, but then Jericho gets him in the walls. Yeah. So already a bit of back and forth. Tries to get him into the Rochambeau. Mm. Jericho reverses <laughs> that into the walls, and he's locking in the walls. This crowd are going nuts. They're hoping that Ricky doesn't tap out. Really cheering for Starks to survive this. And Angelo Parker jumps up on the apron, distracts referee Aubrey Edwards, and on the other side of the ring, Matt Menard grabs the bat and docks Ricky Starks right in the face, and he goes out mm. cold. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, Ricky, no. That was it. I thought that was it. I thought that was it. I was like, oh, he's, gonna, he's knocked out. They're going to call that the finish. I was like, oh, that sucks for Stark. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a good way to protect him in defeat. But man, like mm-hmm. I was, that's not the finish I would have, I'd have loved to have seen. 
And then they do the three arm drop, one of your favorite spots in all of professional wrestling. Because it's The Rock's main thing. He's babyface in peril. And what is Ricky Starks if not The Rock Reborn? Dropped it once, dropped it twice. The camera slightly botched it. But then when he dropped it a third time, and he fights out and he hits a spear and he wins. And one of the criticisms against Jericho has been even though he just had one of the best in-ring years of his career at 52 years old, is that he does not let, he does not actually put people over. By the end of the feud, he gets the win. He moves on to the next thing. Like, where's Eddie Kingston now after that elongated feud? Here, he has now lost spectacularly to Action Andretti, which was on Chris Jericho's name bar, first match since the loss to Action Andretti when he came down, and Ricky Starks. And I said it after the Action Andretti loss. This guy needs a mental breakdown losing streak. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand now on your comments that they dropped the ball with Ricky Starks? Well, yes. Because I I said at the time, I was like, if they do not follow this up, that's what I'm concerned about. Because I've just had a year of people getting lost in the shuffle. I had Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs have a... You know, a great feud, then get shortchanged at the pay-per-view. Five-minute match. And I haven't heard from them since. So I don't think that's on me (laughs) to then be like, oh, okay, they built someone up, he loses, he goes back down. AEW never teased Mercedes Monet, you did. Exactly. (laughs) And I said, look, if they do pay off this and they keep his momentum going, this is okay. But right now, because of the last year, I don't like it. And now they've done this. So... Well done. Ricky Starks feels really hot. I I thought this was a great showing for Starks. I thought Jericho was awesome in this match. The Mm. crowd reaction for him was, for both guys, was so, so great. And like, what a finish for Starks as well, because not only was it getting out of the wall, there was a small package uh, near fall as well that the crowd really popped for. And then he takes out Menard, he takes out Parker, then hits the spear on Jericho for the win. So he beat three Mm. guys. This was Jericho going out of his way to make Starks the winner of this match and put him over as the winner of this match. And even though Jericho did get to stand tall at the end, because the rest of JAS come down and they beat up Starks, Action Andretti runs down to make the save, but he gets taken out as well. The JAS down tall after Jake Hager power bombs Ricky Starks off the apron through a table on the floor. It was, but that's not like, yeah, Jericho's one stood tall, but Starks is the one that got the win. And as mm-hmm. MJF points out later in the show, wins and losses do matter here. Yeah, uh, really good stuff. Loved it. Uh, Hangman Page then came down to the ring to talk to Tony Schiavone and how his medical condition is doing. And Hangman said, next week, as long as my brain scans okay, I will be able to fight John Moxley. I think he said, at the forum, about eight times, just to drill the, that into your head. They were doing a lot of that on the show. Every single person promoting matches next week was like, at the forum. At the forum. And then he That's said... from the UK, it means nothing. Mm. And then he said, I'll knock your dick in the dirt. He sure did. Breakfast club, right? Yeah. I'll knock your dick in the (laughs) dirt. And that was too much. So Moxley came out. And broke two microphones. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Swore as well. (laughs) Then the Seattle crowd were chanting, we can't hear you. Yeah. And Moxley was like, effing mic or something. But it was working. I could hear it. It was for us. It was fine. So they clearly got two feeds. One for the... Um, for the audience in the building and one for the TV feed. So we had it clear as day and it was working for us, but the audience in attendance could not hear him. 
It's a so, new. So weird for us to be hearing John Moxley cut a promo and it's fine. And the crowd would be chatting, we can't hear you. Just like, what? Sorry, you can't hear me into the microphone that we can hear. It's a new production team backstage. It's a new look for Dynamite. But the audio issues streak continues. Here. <laughs> Lol, still production issues. <laughs> uh, but what happened here was Hangman Ben said, I'm not mad at you, John for knocking me out. I'm actually mad that I came back and before I could even say a word to you, you made fun of my concussion. And whatever, I'm still really excited to see them fight next week. I just thought that as a motivation is such a step down from the amazing line he delivered a couple of weeks ago well, where he's like, I forgot, I couldn't remember my kid's name. Yeah, and so Moxley making a joke about that is what... Like, he said, I get, I've been knocked out of time. That's part of this game. I've been knocked out by enemies. I've been knocked out by foes. I've been knocked out by my best friends. It's, the, it's Moxley not taking that seriously. Like, he lost... He couldn't remember his son's name. To Mox, and to Mox, that's funny... That's where the anger comes from. It's not being knocked out by him. It's that Mox had no remorse for what happened. So now he is coming for revenge. He had no, he had no intention of going for revenge because getting knocked out is part of this sport. But now he is going after revenge. I actually thought it was a wonderful bit of character motivation. Oh, it's not, it's it's not so enticing within, for me. It's so within Hangman's character mm. as well. Well, I think what's more dramatically and engaging and complex and fitting of Hangman's character is that he, he accepts all that. This is part of the sport. It wasn't actually Mox's fault. It was an accident. This is what you sign up for when you have a match. But you made me forget my kid's name. I have to beat the crap out of you now. I think that is so, that's so much ba- better. That's so basic, though. Like this, this it's is this tragic. Is, it's a it's, it's a, a tragic thing. But this is a this is a next level up from oh, that. I disagree. I disagree. And then, like, I thought he was now he actually wants revenge. <laughs> And I mocked her like, well, dude, the next time I hit you with Hilaria, I'm going to make sure you don't mm. get back up. Yeah. Uh, production issues aside, I thought this was awesome. I thought every single part of this was awesome. Production they, issues aside. They both really sold that we want to fight each other right now, mm-hmm. but we cannot because the actual fight would then be in jeopardy. It was a lovely setup by Hangman earlier mm. in the, the promo as well, where he effectively said that, me coming out and brawling with Moxley and getting into fights with him every week has actually just made my recovery time longer. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for Moxie to stand there next to him, to be, uh, Moxie was like, I want to fight you now, but he knows all I've got to do is just wait seven more days and then I can do it and it's fine. And we can just do this and we can do this and I can literally make sure you never get back up. It's felt like a proper pay-per-view caliber build. Mm. Um, and it's happening on next week on TV. So I'd be curious to see where they go after that on the road to revolution. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the next one? Well, it's about time some true stars showed up. <laughs> uh, you know, oh God, we've had John Moxley, we've had Hangman Page. Homegrown oh, this, God. originals that. Chris Jericho, Ricky Starks, blah, blah, blah. It's time for the true stars to step up here. Winner, <laughs> In my world, Team TNA taking on the acclaimed for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The acclaimed, do you know what? They've had a little bit of a pop here and there in those bingo halls. A couple of, they've sold a handful of t-shirts. There are some people who think the Sisame thing is funny, but the real stars of Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett can save this tag team division that has been floundering. And this match, look, I know everyone is really high on um, on Omega versus Osprey. Because... <laughs> 
It weren't half bad. But it was not Team TNA versus the Acclaim for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. If this isn't in the top five matches of the year uh, at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll don't know what's happened. Well, I think by default, it's in the top five AEW matches of the year <laughs> so far. Okay, so I'm going to read you this tweet I got today because uh, it really, really made me laugh. Uh, I'll find it for you now. I should have had this prepared. Uh, Roy sent me a message saying, remember when Luke Owen was excited about Jeff Jarrett and even said, quote, as excited as I am, he's probably not going to be on screen uh, every single week. Now JJ is challenging for the tag titles. Do you know what? I'm so happy to be wrong. I've never been happier to be wrong. So happy that I was so wrong because Jeff Jarrett is an awesome, awesome carny heel <laughs> in an old school carny wrestling way. The heat he got from the mm. crowd. Who else in the tag? The guns certainly aren't getting this. <laughs> it was genuine heat. It was it went, genuine It was heat. not go, go away heat. That was proper heat. And there are a few better at it than Jeff Jarrett when he's in the right level. <laughs> if it's a mid-level, mid-card thing, spot for perfect. Him comes out here the last outlaw tag he has saved jay lethal's aew run as well as sanjay dutz and satnam sings revitalized this mm. group and i loved the finish of this match was you know baby faces run wild the heels take over you get a commercial break heels continue to work over caster bowens gets the hot tag earlier in the match uh, Billy Gunn got ejected from ringside because Daddy Ass, he's sorry, Daddy Ass got ejected from ringside because Jay Lethal slid out the ring and slapped Billy Gunn in the face. So Billy Gunn tried to take him as reference, like, "No, you get out of mm. here." And then towards the end of the match, because Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh were trying to get involved, the referee ejected them too. And in the melee, Jeff Jarrett hits the greatest finish ever. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> takes it flawlessly. It's never looked terrible. <laughs> He hits the stroke. It's a masturbation reference. And he goes to pin Anthony Bowens, who gets his foot on the ropes, and Sanjay Dutt pushes the foot off the ropes. One, two, three. I legit thought they'd switch the titles. So did I. And what's more surprising is I was okay with it. <laughs> I, I, this match was so fun. It's re it really is last week's music video rap that took this feud from ah, this is a bit of a waste of a tag title sure feud. wasn't Sanjay Dutt's rap which, yeah, which was actually be which was better than <laughs> Chester's one to, to an action it's made this feud and <laughs> Jeff Jarrett I must say for a 55 year old guy he looks like it's like Chris <laughs> Jericho's 52 yeah he looks totally fine and very orange Jeff Jarrett looks the same as he did in 1999 yeah, yeah I don't understand I have no idea how that works uh, and like you know, they're, they're celebrating with the tag titles of the crowd are going boo because Team TNA mm. have won. They claimed are all sad and stuff. Aubrey Edwards turns heel and announces <laughs> that they cheated, and they announce this match must continue. Boom! Anthony Burns with the roll up. One, two, three. The acclaim retained, and uh, such such as it is, it's old school yeah. Memphis wrestling, which is what Jarrett excels mm. at. And then I thought, I was like, that was such a perfect match. It was such a perfect finish. Every single person was perfect. And later on, Jeff Jarrett cuts this promo where he called it Carney BS. I was like, <laughs> it's even more perfect now. They will be having a battle, uh, a match at Battle of the Belts. I've never wanted to watch a Battle of the Belts, yeah, but I'll be watching that there. one. 
Uh, it's a no-holds-barred match. I don't get why. Surely it should just be a no-DQ, everyone-brawl match so Daddy Ass can get involved, Satnam Singh can isn't, get involved. Isn't that just a no, a, a different way of saying a no-DQ match? You know how yeah. like WWE has 12 different ways of saying it's a, it's a, it's street, a street fight? fight. <laughs> yeah. Enter name of town. It's <laughs> what, what no-holds-barred, no-DQ, hardcore. They all mean the same thing. Uh, I, this was really good. I, I, I wouldn't have been against... Jarrett and Lethal winning here, and then the acclaimed winning the titles back on Friday. I'd have loved. I actually wouldn't have been against it. Although was Rampage taped on tonight? Oh, I don't know actually. In that case, that wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. But if it was a live thing, that would have been fun. Uh, I mean, I had an absolute <clears throat> blast with this. My my daughter uh, got up from her slumber um, and came down, was having her bottle of milk in the morning. And she was so cheery this morning. She was so happy because, I, you know, I, I get up early, I come home late, so I, don't, I sometimes don't get to see her. So she saw me, she was like, oh, this is brilliant. And she just wanted to play with me, she wanted mm. to clap and, you know, the bottle and and the other. I, I could not focus on her because <laughs> <laughs> she was desperately trying to get my attention. And I was like, kid, Jeff Jarrett just won the AEW <laughs> tag titles. I'll deal with you in a second. Oh man, I thought you loved your kid more than anything in the world. I underestimated your love for Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hater and Britt had the sit down with Shivani after that. Jack Perry challenged uh, the firm for a tag match with Hook. I think that's next week. Yes, yeah, big. Is that Big Bill's first AEW match? <clears throat> I think it will be. Yeah, yeah Big Willie. Uh, Brian Danielson comes out to a enormous reaction from the Seattle crowd. This was like 2013, Daniel Bryan, everyone's going yes. Yeah. Again, part of that sort of attitude era level pops. Uh, and he took on Tony Nese, and he had probably the best two-minute <laughs> match you can ever have. Oh, yeah. Uh, beat him clean. It was, you know, the usual Bryan template, all the moves, brilliant. And then he says, I'm not through. Get out here, Max. I'll wrestle you too. MJF comes out and they have a great promo back and forth. Long promo. This is like 10 minutes. I I, I didn't mind it though. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. That's no, not a bad thing. It's yeah. just like, it's, it was going on. I was like, wow, this is still going, but it does not feel like it's losing any steam. Yeah. I mean, for those two guys who are so good on the mic, this is really the first time they've properly gone at each other. I think that you need a 10, 15 minute segment. And I, that's that's standard on WWE, 15 to 20 oh, minutes, well, but it feels weird on AEW. MJF's getting his reps in before he goes to <laughs> WWE at the end of the year. Um, I thought, like Danielson was so great in this segment. I thought MJF's work was beautiful. Mm. You know, he does the usual standard MJF stuff, being like, I'm not going to wrestle in front of these idiots in Seattle. Huck, yuck, 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 yuck. Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, you may call yourself the GOAT, but it's only because your mother had sex with one and that's why you look like one, blah, 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 blah. And then Brian Danielson starts talking about how everyone's had sex with MJF's mum. And MJF was like, what? 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 You can't say, you can't say that. His selling of it's so great. Yeah. It's flabbergasted. It's like one of the reasons why I love Dan Lambert of like, I can say anything I want to you and I'm going to go really push the boundaries. But the second anyone says it back to me, you can't possibly say something like that. It's kind of like Brock Lesnar selling moves. It has to be the right guy that he respects that can legitimately go against him. And when Brock Lesnar is selling that type of offense, he's actually amazing. It's like Max. You don't often get a receipt on Max that he will react to. But when you do, he is so good 
at getting over how petulant and thin-skinned he really is. Like when Ricky Starks cut that amazing promo on him, low blow, just, you know, such a petulant reply. Um, and here, yeah, because Brian Danielson then got the entire crowd chanting <laughs> that they have had sex with MJF's mum. But the cruel truth at the core of this is MJF's mum, Kayfabe, hates it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's on Brian's side. It was so great. And then MJF, you know, a, a true Dan Lambert style as well, oh, yeah. said, look, just because internet marks think you're really good, wrestling journalists who've never set foot in the ring think you're one of the best wrestling man. I've been put over by actual wrestling legends like Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and the smartest man in wrestling, Jim Cornette. When he said Disco Inferno, because I, <laughs> I thought he was going to go somewhere. I didn't know he was going to start on Disco Inferno. <laughs> on Disco Dickface. Oh, so God. great. <laughs> that was so funny. And I hope Disco Inferno realizes how ironic that the use of his name he is. Won't. He won't. <laughs> he, he won't. He's a moron. He won't. Um, oh, someone's going to clip this out now and send it to him. <laughs> and he's going to cut a, a promo on us on his. And, and, it will be sh- and it'll be. Sh- <laughs> Uh, Max said, well, if you want to face me, you've got to become the number one contender. You've got to win this many matches until you've got to wrestle every week, win them all until February 8th. <coughs> um, this is the usual Max template. Mm. And both guys called this out in a kind of postmodern way. MJF said, yeah, I know I'm accused of making people jump through hoops, but this is... And I'm like, I actually don't mind, don't mind it. I think it's a really nice way to structure stories. I'm not bored of it. Yeah. It feels new every time. And then Brian Danielson said, flipping the power dynamics on their head, really. He said, well, I'm going to come out here and win matches anyway. I'm not doing it for you. And when I do face you, because I've done that, it's going to be a one hour Iron Man match. Yeah, if I agree <sighs> to your step, then you'll allow me to pick the stipulation for the revolution match. One hour Iron Man match. And the reason why he has picked this is because he wants to expose mm. Max for claiming he's the best wrestler. But I'm going to expose you've got no co- uh, cardio, expose you've got no footwork, expose you've got no technique. That's a Danielson thing to do to be like, no, I'm just going to prove that I'm yeah. the better wrestler than you are, which is going to be all the more sweeter when MJF wins by mm. cheating right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, the stipulation announcement got a huge pop from the crowd because the crowd were great anyway. But again, it's like, remember when Helena Cell used to get announced as a stipulation and a promo back and forth and the 2001 audience, even in Corpus Christi, would go, oh my God! You don't get that anymore. You don't get pops for it's going to be a pitch black match. It's just everyone's like, what? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I, I figured it was going to be a Helena Cell match because the next pay-per-view is <laughs> Helena Cell. <laughs> After a decade of stipulations being robbed of their power, this this was such a great character story, perfect yeah. addition. And I loved as well, like <clears throat> Max not wanting to even agree to Danielson's I'll do your stip if I can mm. do the stip for the, the pay-per-view. And he was just like, no, I'll just make you wrestle matches and tie you up in legal with smart Mark Sterling until my contract expires at the end of the year. Yeah. Spinning that plate. Yeah. I thought it was an awesome, awesome promo segment. Yep. Loved it from top to bottom. Uh, we'll rattle through the next few bits because uh, we're running a bit behind. Swerve versus AR Fox had a bloody incredible match, unlike just. anything else on the show, sort of a Lucha Underground throwback from when they were both in there, where 
the story was they both had each other expertly scouted. They backflipped out of their backflip moves as counters and Swerve used something. They didn't even say what it was. They just said he was handed something by Parker Boudreau, but mm. they couldn't see what it was. Uh, but it allowed him to hit the double stomp for the win. Uh, yeah, double stomp to the throat yeah. after a Death Valley driver off the top turnbuckle onto the eight. This was a, like how... Brian Danielson had one of the best two-minute matches you can ever have. This was one of the best 10-minute high-flying matches you can ever have. I, I wrote my notes like, in another <laughs> era, this would have blown people away. Like, this would I'd, have been a match of the year in another era. Like It really reminded me of um, Osprey Ricochet. Yeah. You know yeah, when yeah, like yeah. that just got shared mm. around? You know, it, it, The match that led to the Vader match. Like It got shared around and shared around and shared around. In like 2013, this would have like blown people's yeah. minds. And it's mad. Here we are, 2023, that... That's just another episode of Dynamite, isn't it? Swerve is so cool. So good. Uh, then we had the Soraya backstage sit-down we've already covered. The Gun Club came out. Uh, you didn't like this. I didn't think this was very good. I think the crowd heat for it reveals that. Mm. I Look, the Gun Club, I don't like them either, but I, th I think, is it Colton in particular, is a very decent promo. Yeah. And they are, for the role they're doing, for the characters they're doing, this is spot on. The whole playing FTR's music yeah. and then laughing, being like, you should have seen all of your faces. Oh, was it crickets? Mm. And I give AEW enormous credit for trying to push homegrown talents. You know, these are guys that have been with the company since pretty much day one, wrestling on dark and mm -hmm. dark elevation every single week, showing, you know, and getting and proving and showing that they can do something. But they're like, nothing's clicking here. I don't know whether it's the firm. I don't know whether it's because it's FTR and people don't want to be seeing FTR feud with the guns. But this just is mm. not clicking. Because you're right, like this is like Edge and Christian levels of goofy heel comedy. But these two guys are not Edge and Christian. <clears throat> or as over as Edge yes. and Christian were. I, I yeah, it did not click with the audience, but I it was very short. It was five minutes. It was, by the way, it was, uh, they came out, they staged a kind of fake memorial service for FTR's AEW careers. FTR IP. Yeah. Very clever. And, and also they said Top Gun's out at the end. Mm -hmm. Top Gun. Like Top Guys. I thought that the thought they put into how they're riffing off this feud with FTR was very good. Yeah, it was. I thought the performances were good. Was, and, they, and they were. It's just something did not connect with the crowd, but hopefully it's a matter of time. Um, Sky Blue and talk about not connecting with the crowd. Sky Blue and Kira Hogan then took on Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. The crowd were at least into Cargill. Oh yeah, they were massively yeah. into Jade Cargill, just not into the other three. Sky Blue and Red Velvet actually had a really decent, well rehearsed minute opening sequence to try and get the crowd into them. It was like near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall, and the the most the crowd got to was oh, <laughs> so just an uphill can, struggle. Can we tack the star in. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but this this was furthering the Cargill Red Velvet. Is Red Velvet going to turn on Cargill? Is Cargill going to turn on Velvet? And Velvet eventually walked off, leaving Cargill to win by herself. I'm not into this feud. I think that because I, I think we're setting up Jade versus Red Velvet for Revolution. Like that's the TBS title match for Revolution. But because we're nearing 50 wins, I really feel like they should be doing something bigger than Red Velvet. Because I don't think anyone's going to buy Red yeah. Velvet winning the title. So you want to put someone in the ring with Jade that feels like she could win the belt from her. 
so I don't think Red Velvet's the direction to go there. Nothing against Red Velvet, mm. just it's not time to do that. I feel like we're about six months past this streak being impressive. Now it's an albatross. Yeah. Uh, and especially you've got Willow Nightingale right there, who is someone you could make. And why wait till why wait till the fifty? You know? I agree. Uh, we got uh, the Jarrett promo backstage, which set up the rematch. <laughs> he called it Carney. Called what happened in that match was Carney BS. And Jarrett's right. Announcement that Danielson is going to take on Takeshita next week. Oh yeah. Oh baby. Uh, and I think Excalibur it finally broke him. <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't get in the last match. He stumbled. He ran down like three different I know cards. Bless his heart. Oh, Bless his cotton socks. Every week I'm like, come on, this week. This week. And next week I'm on dynamite. It's gonna be. And then it's like, next, come on, this this time you gotta get it. Gotta get it. And it's always when he stumbles over. Sometimes it's not his fault. They put up the wrong graphic. Mm. Just maybe next week. And the main event was Darby Allen versus Samar Joe for Joe's TNT title. Uh, this was excellent in Derby's hometown of Seattle. They had a match early December, which was just terrific. And mm -hmm. Joe murdered him. Uh, it wasn't even close. <laughs> and this match was different in that Derby cheated. And he attacked <laughs> Joe before the bell with a skateboard and a ladder, weakened poor Joe. And Joe <laughs> went on to lose when Derby exposed... Uh, the, Took advantage of an exposed turnbuckle. But he didn't expose it. Uh, so Alan, yeah, Alan has turned heel in his hometown, <laughs> as has Sting for endorsing him, and he's the new TNT champion. I thought this match was awesome. Dastardly. This match was so was much great. fun. It was really good. Uh, Nick Wayne was at ringside, mm -hmm. um, and Joe attacked Nick Wayne before the match, so Dowie did a big dive onto him. And then you're right, like attacked him with a skateboard. Well, it's really smart booking. Yeah. So Nick Wayne, if you're not aware, his wrestler buddy Wayne's son. He's like, I think he's 17 currently. He is. He signs for like an AEW's future mm. thing. Yeah. So when he turns 18, he will be able to wrestle for the company. Um, but he, that was announced at a show. Darby handed in the contract. So when Joe attacked Nick Wayne at ringside, Darby had babyface justification to attack Joe before the bell. Yeah. So and and. In the end, Darby really hurt his, well, kayfabe hurt his knees on the dive off the top rope, which Joe then worked over. So even though Darby, I'm being facetious at the start with the cheating, yeah, yeah. it was, it, again, it was a really well-booked match, as everything was match-wise on this show. Uh, I mean, tell you what, dude, like, <laughs> rough bumps in this. When Joe hit that urinagi on Darby Allen onto the stairs, woof, no thank you. No thanks. I... The Will Ospreay DDT yeah. is one thing. I think I'd probably prefer to attempt that yeah. than I would what Darby Allen went through. Yeah, D Darby probably watched the Osprey Omega <laughs> match and went, nah, not nah. today, guys. Taz I'm one up in you. When he did the dive off the ladder, Taz just went, does this sort of thing on his day off? <laughs> uh, Darby tried various comebacks, but every time he did, Joe just murdered him some more. Um, I just I loved watching Joe wrestle, but it yeah, so Joe went into an exposed turnbuckle, a superb code red by Darby Allen, hit two coffin drops, got the win in his hometown. I really didn't think Joe would drop the title mm. this early into the run, specifically because I thought this king of television thing was was really starting to gather some steam. Yeah, uh, but you know when you have that hometown pop, 
And that big reaction, you're like, ah, do you know what? Maybe it's the right call. It's the right time. I think stars aligned to make this the right decision. It's a shame it's come at the expense of Joe's run, which was Great very, way. very yeah. good. Great way to put it. It's the first match. It's like the first show of the year. All the other champions are AEW originals. It just, the opportunity was, you, you couldn't not take this. Yeah. Uh, Sting coming out afterwards in the confetti celebration, hugging him. Like it, it, was, a, it was a wonderful moment. Um, I'm surprised, but I understand why Wardlow didn't cost Joe the match. I thought that would be a way to build a Joe rematch into this and also further the Wardlow-Joe feud. Be interesting to do a triple threat at Revolution. Hmm. Darby being oh the God. like, you know, the ping pong ball between the two big ping pong yeah. bats. Rocking a hard place. Kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. But this was really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Just one question before we get into our overall ratings. Please do. And please, everybody, don't <laughs> don't come at me for this because I'm I am right here. <laughs> It's a great way to start your argument by saying, just so you all are aware, I'm right. I am not contradicting what I've said in the past by asking this. I'm merely saying there is a middle ground between everything. <laughs> I think they should have at least referenced Kenny Omega winning the United States title from Will Ospreay. I agree. Continue because you promoted the best of seven thing. And like they talked about the fact that FTR lost the IWGP challenge. I was legit surprised. A, there was no promotion last week mm. that Kenny was facing uh, Osprey. And I was really surprised there was nothing about him winning the US title uh, on this show. No video clip. It, it, and it helps your own storytelling. Is this US title win momentum good for next week? Or is the amount of battery he took bad for it? Yeah. Yeah, so... Now I can read all the comments saying, I thought you didn't want AEW to focus on any other promotions. Overall, I thought this was an incredible show. Best show of the year by default, 87%. Yeah, this match, this, this show rule. Mm. Uh, if, 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 the, if Team TNA had won the belts, it would have been uh, <laughs> show of the decade. But, you know, kind of everything, yes. Uh, let's get into our... Oh, we've got some shout-outs. Uh, Patreon podcast shout-outs. Of course, you too can get your own shout-outs by going to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk is the music queued. Uh, uh, well, a lot's been broken on uh, slobs as of late, so I'm okay. not going to attempt it just in case That's it is fair. busted. Uh, but what I will say is that yesterday was Wednesday, so you know what that means. A brand new podcast dropped into the Patreon RSS feed. It was the Mailbag episode with myself and Sullivan Bo Brown. Next week on Wednesday will be Wrestle Behind the Scenes. Myself, Ollie Davis, Pete Quinnell, talking about uh, our Christmases. I have an extended chat about service stations, mm. uh, much to the light of Pete. We talk about survival series. Uh, we talk about the, uh, our new video format that we did mm -hmm. over the Christmas period, predicting AEW uh, wrestlers uh, 2023, things like that. And next week, we're going to be recording the delayed December Wrestle Talk Extra when we're reviewing ROH Final Battle 2011. Not 2012. Not 2012, which is what Ollie watched. I um, watched that on Monday. Great yeah. show. Mate. I'm not even annoyed. I just, just loved it. Yeah. It's a good show, mate. I even asked you before I went off on Christmas holidays, 
is it the one with Owens and Zane's ladder war? And I said, and you and Pete both said no. no. And I went, oh, cool. I won't I'd make sure not to watch that one. I'm loaded up on a club. I'm like, oh, yeah, I get to watch the ladder war. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get to watch uh, R.D. Evans versus Prince Nana. Five star. Uh, but yes, thanks to our wonderful pledge Amazon Patreon, Chris, the Cypriot Sensation Patrue. The Venerable Jesse Venable. The Cleaner Kenny Sher. Because Kevin Stone Con said so. The British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Ronald Coleman, baby. He can last Sean far longer than you in the ring. Starbucks Stephen Costa. Shield Maiden, the Zornice. Will the MS Warrior Stuart. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, on the 5th of January, 2023, the baker, Adam Cakebread. Just before we get into our uh, rest of our Omega chats, mm. can I do a, a quick uh, call out for our audience? Yeah, yeah. We're so close to 70k oh, subscribers. Less close. Less than 500 <laughs> off. Um hitting our 70k goal and when we do hit our 70k goal as we've talked about a couple of times throughout 2022 we're going to do a royal rumble randomizer a 10 hour live stream <sighs> Rand you don't have to be fair for all 10 i will do all 10 you can dip <laughs> in if it's a rumble you want to watch and we're going to basically randomize royal rumbles i've got a wheel that's going to appear on screen mm. we'll spin that wheel it'll pick a rumble and we will all watch that rumble together and we'll watch them across 10 hours Please make that happen. Yeah, we but are. But do make that happen. It's a, what what a good month to do that. January. Exactly. Yeah. So we're less than five hundred <clears throat> away from reaching that target. Tell your friends. Uh, Matthew Robinson. Wow, it seems like everything is happening next week. Can't wait to go to the forum in LA. In the forum and see Hangman and Mox go at it. I just wish Sasha was the partner. She is doing something much better. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, if it's not if it's not Mercedes, then you know, they announced that ahead of time that it's not. And the more I think about it, the more I think it isn't, because I do think, yeah, New Japan might want her first match to be the one in San And she's going back to WWE. Yeah. Matthew Robinson again. Wow, this show was so good. And after watching Wrestle Kingdom, what did you guys think? I'm going to be at Dynamite next week in LA. Can't believe Omega will be able to do that ladder match after Osprey. I will be on the hard cam with my Wrestle Talk shirt. You are one of the cool ones, Matt yeah, Robinson. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, well, Omega is, he's a freak of nature. Mm. Uh, Ket. I'm not against an hour-long Iron Man match, but I know it's going to come at the end of a 16-hour-long AEW pay-per-view. I hope Tony dials back on the number of matches for the next pay-per-view. Less is more. I, I think he will learn that lesson one day. Revolution may not be that day, <laughs> but he will learn that lesson one day. I think some people are just inherently maximalists, <laughs> and he has shown me nothing to suggest he will start to focus things. You'd have thought... After All Out would have been the time he'd realised mm. this is too many matches. Bonesaw Buck, 823. Good day, gents. Dynamite was okay. I definitely enjoyed the MJF promo as always, and Darby won back the TNT title just in time for me to get his newest figure, which includes the belt. Also, Money in the Bank in London. Watch party, yes? Keep up the good work. Hope so. Well, just, you know, just watch this. watch this space. 
hopefully next week. Uh, Bone Swordback823 again. Also, Ollie, I'd agree that Brit teasing the boss was mere trolling, if not for the fact that every other tease like that paid off. I distinctly remember Derby's best in the world line before All Out last year. They don't tease it if it isn't true. I think they I think they do a lot. Like Max is teasing going to WWE. I don't think he's going to WWE. Well, they we'll teased see. Punk. It's, yeah. We'll see next year, eh? <laughs> Um, Marlon Jackson, what are we doing? Ricky gets a win over a legend and immediately gets beat down. Jade is doing nothing meaningful. Sky gets a title shot after losing. Derby winning undermines what they were doing with Joe and Wardlow. I want to enjoy, but the booking. Well, I think the Joe and Wardlow feud <clears throat> felt like it was done. No, I th- he cut his hair last week. That's yeah. going to build to a, a a return with Wardlow with a new look. I thought it was a new look and it would just move on to something else. Oh, no, I think he needs to get a or win back. I thought the booking was excellent on this show. Um, but I guess if you're yeah you you've taken a negative view of I agree about Jade, but you've taken a negative view of all those things. Um well, Jade, I thought it was good. Jade is doing something meaningful. It is a story. It's just a story that I don't think anyone particularly cares about. And I suppose in a way you could say it's not a meaningful story, but she is in a story. Kalen Vickers. Was at the show last night. Crowd was insane. The new set looked fantastic, though I missed the heel face tunnel. Oh, yeah. That is now That's gone. That's what was different. That's what's different. I was just like, oh, they've got a new commentary table. I didn't realise they got so overwhelmed by neon. Uh, to think went to a show in 2023 with Sting, Billy Gunn, Jericho <laughs> and a Jeff Jarrett title match. Aubrey Edwards over everything. Marlon Jackson... Uh, so I want to is, enjoy, but the booking is baffling. Right, like, this is a continuation. Yeah. Like, why does MJF? Uh, why does every MJF feud need to have the same angle of challengers having to fight people of MJF's choosing? Here we are in year four of AEW, and the only thing that's changed is the set. I need Tony to get some help with creative. I think that would be great if he if he outsourced some booking decisions, definitely. But I I actually think this is a show that is a really good fundamental booking episode mm-hmm. and really ties into to the company's future. Agreed. Uh, Noah Fortner. My girlfriend watched wrestling for only the second time last night and her thoughts on Dynamite were that Jade Cargill is the hottest woman on the planet. Swerve Strickland has Riz. What's Riz? What, what does Riz mean? Why, why does Darby do that to his body? And WTF is a daddy ass. Riz meaning. WTF is a Riz. One's ability to seduce a potential love interest. <laughs> riz. <Wow>. Riz. <laughs> Enrique Jr. Do I, I, do I have Riz? You've got, you've got loads of Riz. Have I got all the Riz? Mm-hmm. I think you've got some Riz about oh, you. Cheers, mate. Uh, Enrique Jr. Finally getting to see the walls of Jericho live was so much fun. What wrestling move made you guys react the same way live? Uh, Tomohiro Ishii hitting a suplex on Keith Lee. Mm. Speedball Mike Bailey's triple pirouette across the ring and then a super kick in the corner. Will Campbell. Hi, guys. I imagine Luke went from zero to 100 <laughs> back to zero in the span of about three seconds when Jarrett and Lethal won, then lost the tag titles when he watched it back this morning. Uh, yeah, he he confessed that he, he ignored his <laughs> own daughter. Uh, though I do have to say that the Sanjay rope push was a great fake out. Yeah, no one has to like, you know, Oh, I will admit that spot was good. We can all just say it was good. So, like, we can all say it was very good. 
Jabroni714, thoughts on if the Hangman versus Mox match in LA were to end with another concussion angle? Your choice on who? They could build to not being cleared for another match, so they do a lights out unsanctioned match at Revolution or St. Patrick's Day Slam. <sighs> Doing another concussion angle. I think it would be a bit distasteful. Yeah, like if, if Paige hits the buckshot and it knocks John out. I mean, maybe there is something in that. Yeah. And then Mox could finally... Well, actually, um, I'm just Marcus, actually has this idea. So, so someone's separate. Luke, I... This is I'm just Marcus. Uh, the previous one was from Jabroni714. Luke, I agree. Jarrett and Lethal are better heels than the ass boys. But is that a high bar to step over? It is true. Also, I think next week it should constantly be Hangman and Mox finding backstage, leading to a lights out at the pay-per-view so Mox can go on vacation. I Here's the problem with that is that I wouldn't do... I don't think you can do an unsanctioned match, a lights out unsanctioned match at Revolution because that has to go on last. Mm. Because the whole point of it is the show is over. This is not sanctioned by AEW. We have turned the lights off. These guys are just doing this now. If you want to stay, you can stay and watch, but this has got nothing to do yeah. with us, which means it'd have to go on after the one hour Iron Man match with Danielson and MJF. I wouldn't want to follow that. I wouldn't want to follow it either. So I think doing it at St. Patrick's Day Slam, though, that's a, a, a very good idea. Uh, the SL underscore ID underscore four seven seven eight nine lowercase d nine four hyphen lowercase CDA nine hyphen three lowercase EE seven hyphen says I'm almost convinced Tony hired Jeff Jarrett and booked that whole ending to pop only me and Luke and I'm perfectly okay with that. With that said, hashtag justice for Jeff. I'm just glad that finally everyone's on board with with what I've been saying this whole time. Everyone was like, oh, God, this is such demeaning for the acclaimed to be work. There's so many other tag teams. It's the best thing the acclaimed have done since winning the belts. <laughs> Kid Phantom version three. Love the show last night from top to bottom. Two things. One, I don't know if someone mentioned this already, but Money in the Bank will be in London. Yes, they Certainly have. We're be. very excited. And number two, I hope next week's match between Hangman and Mox will be the send-off for Mox to finally take a vacation. Could be. Uh, a hot tag for you. Amanda Savage. Hey, lovely to have you in the chat. I uh, went to Dynamite and it was amazing. The oh. set makes every entrance feel massive. Massive it is. And special. Seeing Jade Cargill in person is actually unreal. She looks like a living action figure. Brian Danielson seemed full of joy. Such a good night. Everyone's got that riz. <laughs> BMY76. I've got a bone to pick. I've got a bone to pick with you, Luke. The prequel trilogy has its flaws, but they... <sighs> But they added so much lore and have way better music when compared to the original trilogy. It also gave us the Clone War TV series, which is arguably the best Star Wars content ever. One more thing about the prequels. I grew up in it, yes, but it doesn't mean I'm blinded by nostalgia. I grew up on the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, but I prefer the Andrew Garfield ones. Episode 3 is a mere movie. Episode 3 is a mere movie, but the best Star Wars movie. What? So, from what I can gather... Episode three, Revenge of the Sith, is the most okay movie, and by that it makes it the best of the Star Wars movies. I I, I don't even know what BM's trying to argue here. I, I and and your your sort of argue point to say, oh, but look at me. I grew up on the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, but the Andrew Garfield ones are my favorite. <laughs> I don't think helps your case because <laughs> those movies are quite bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like you know, the problem with the prequel trilogy is that it's always going to have the uh, um, Attack of the Clones. 
Mm. And no, like any argument you can give, because I mean, you're right. I think Jewel of the Fates is probably the best Star Wars music ever. But the prequel trilogy has Attack of the Clones, so all, all arguments are automatically invalid. Uh, and lastly for here, Various says, not all related to AEW, but anyone who says Osprey is a bad seller and that he doesn't understand psychology is a big doofus idiot loser. Who's saying he's a bad seller? A lot of people say he's a... Who? Well, you know, you know the types of people oh. that would just say, oh, all okay. he does is flips. He doesn't... Okay. The same people that say the Bucks don't know how to mm. sell or work ring psychology. Kenny Omega doesn't know how to work. The, the same people are the ones who say Will Ospreay just does flips. Well, he can, in my opinion. And you know what? I might send him a voice note. <laughs> because I have Will Ospreay's number. <laughs> I'm a cool guy. Uh, right. Thank you very much for joining us here for this first AEW Dynamite review of 2023. <coughs> Is 2023 going to be more mad than 2022? Maybe. So you better subscribe. You better press the thumbs up button. Leave us a comment down below. Go check us out on Patreon as well, because we've got loads of exclusive podcasts over there. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke Owen. DAD. Jam that jam. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.